I think it's the culmination of a great process that I've gone all the way through, starting from second grade all the way through 12th grade, you know, showing, I mean, we inside the district know the wonderful things that go on every day, but I think I'm living proof that worked my way all the way through and now I'm coming back and I'm serving, you know, my friends' kids and sometimes my friends' grandkids at this point, you know, and it's just really neat. On April 26th, the Indian River School District hosted its annual Teacher of the Year ceremony that honored and celebrated exemplary teachers from all 16 district schools. The evening's festivities culminated with Lisa Richardson of Millsboro Middle School being named the district's Teacher of the Year for 2017-2018. Lisa has taught in the Indian River School District for 23 years and has been a reading coach at Millsboro Middle School since 2010. She is also a district graduate from Sussex Central High School's class of 1986. I'm Dave Mall, and I recently had the pleasure of sitting down with Lisa to discuss her teaching career and her philosophies on education. Uh, now, on the night of the ceremony, you already knew going into that evening that you were a finalist for the award, but was it still a, a surprise to hear your name called as the district teacher of the year? It was an absolute surprise. I spent the whole time talking myself out of it. I'm like, these people are so talented. There's no way. Just be calm. It's going to be good. You're a top three finalist. And to be named, I, I was absolutely stunned. Well, when you stepped to the podium to address the audience, you mentioned that the honor had, quote, rendered you speechless. Now, that you said that was something that would come as a surprise to many people in the room. What exactly did you mean by that? <laughs> um, I'm one of those people that I can talk to a door, to a plant. You know, I'm really not very introverted as far as social goes. So to absolutely have nothing to say was for those people that knew me thought it was hysterical you know, because I tend to like I like to talk yeah. so and to have nothing to say I was absolutely stunned yeah. well I want to read you something that was written by Gary Brittingham who was your your principal when you were a teacher a few years ago at East Millsboro Elementary School as well as when I was in a student yeah. he was my assistant principal <laughs> going way back uh, uh, Gary writes Lisa Lisa embodies the strength and character of the Indian River School District her story is in many ways the story of the Indian River School District. She is a product of our school district who returned to give back and has done that in many capacities and done it well. Both inside and outside the classroom, she is and has been a role model for others. Every school and district needs a Lisa Richardson. How does that make you feel when you hear that? Just reading that quote brought tears to my eyes when I saw that. I was just absolutely thrilled to have that kind of praise heaped upon me I don't know that I you know you never think that you earn that type of praise but coming from Gary Brittingham he is just an absolutely awesome leader and he's truly a leader not a boss yeah. he's one of the ones that taught me to step out and become a leader and do all of the things that he said that I fulfilled as a role for the district um, also moving through the process of becoming a student to a faculty member of the district, 
you know, that to me, I'm very proud of that. Well, Gary had about 40 years of experience in the district. Personally, he was my gym teacher in the fifth or sixth grade eons ago. So I, and he, he was a teacher, assistant principal, principal. He retired as the assistant superintendent of the district. And right. Gary, I, I, in a lot of respect is, is, respects, is considered like a master educator. Does that kind of praise coming from someone like him really, does that really make it special when you hear someone with Gary's experience? say something like that about you oh absolutely like I said working for him the depth of knowledge that I got from him and the confidence that he instilled in me as a teacher that even if we stumbled and fell he would have our back now quietly he might tell us don't ever do that again but he always had our back and and taught us to become teacher leaders and take risks and hearing praise like that from him, it's just absolutely overwhelming, overwhelming. Uh, let's back up a little bit. You have an interesting background in that your undergraduate degree from Old Dominion University was actually in psychology. Mm-hmm. Now, did you pl- originally plan to pursue a career in another area other than education? Or and if so, what made you want to become a teacher? Well, what happened into college was... I thought about becoming a teacher. My mother was an educator for 34 years. The market was flooded. There were no jobs. And thinking practically, I didn't choose teaching. Not following my heart, thinking practically. Then I got the psychology degree, which I enjoyed. And it has, I have used it in this field. I should have gone on to, to graduate school right away but I was ready to get out in the real world and thought I would go corporate. I actually worked for Hercules Chemicals in Wilmington, was, started into my MBA, and hated the city and hated the corporate world. The whole being in a cubicle was just not my thing. And I had a beautiful condo in Wilmington and came to my mother in tears and said, I hate this. I want to go back to school. I really want to be a teacher. You know, I should have done this before, and luckily I have super supportive parents who helped me sell the condo, move back downstate, get a master's degree, and here I am. The rest is history, The rest right? is history. <laughs> so now that i followed my heart, here I am 23 years later. Was your mother one of your inspirations? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. That, And it's so funny, the, the path that we have followed. She was a second-grade teacher. I was a second-grade teacher. She was a reading specialist. I became a reading coach. And then she moved on to administration. But it's just funny, the parallels in our career. But I just remember when she was at East Millsboro as an assistant principal, there were 1,100 students there. And I'd stop by to visit, and it'd be at bus duty, and she's saying hello to all these kids by name. Like, how do you remember all these kids' names? And she's like, she goes, I just talked to them all day long, every day. Mm-hmm. And just the personal relationships that she made with her students as well as her teachers. Like, I remember, you know, friends of mine that she was their boss talking about 10 minutes before your scheduled observation, it starts snowing and you have a bunch of six-year-olds. Yeah. Well, she would come walking in and say, you want me to stay? Or you want me to come back another time? Because they're off the wall, you know, yeah, it's yeah. snowing. And yeah. just that flexibility that she never, ever forgot what it was like to be inside a classroom, even though she wasn't anymore. Yeah. When you were a student in the Indian River School District, you are a graduate of Sussex Central High mm-hmm. School, uh, were there any teachers that had an impact on you as a person or that maybe you've tried to emulate in your own teaching career? I hate, boy, I hate to name names because I've had some fabulous teachers throughout the years. Um, I'd have to go back to second grade to start with. I had actually two teachers in second grade. That was my first year at East Millsboro. Uh, I had Mrs. Mary Jane Short, who I absolutely loved. 
And I came from, I originally gone to Cape and Lopen for two years because my mom taught in Cape, so I went with her. So I came and I was in Mrs. Short's class for a week or two. And then, of course, they did a battery of testing and gathered data and moved me to a higher class. And I cried. I remember, <laughs> and there were adjoining closets. And I remember walking from Mrs. Short's room to Mrs. Toomey's room and crying because all my friends were in Mrs. Short's room. Well, Tam Toomey was my second grade teacher for the rest of the year. And she was one of my absolute favorites. She instilled my love of reading. I still remember her letting me sit up in her chair and read to the other kids. And I just thought she was just so calm and so nice and so pretty. I just thought she was just fabulous. <laughs> fabulous. Um, middle school, um, Dave Marvel. I would say it's funny. The middle school and high school will be uh, social studies teacher, surprisingly. I'm surprised I did not go the social studies route. Um, his class, I just loved the realness and the current events and the things that he brought into a classroom and he's just hysterical and his connections with kids were just great uh high school it was Woody Long I just loved Woody Long's class I mean it was AP before AP it was the open discussions it was debates it was you know we had enough respect for each other and for him that he instilled in us that we could have arguments without them becoming heated and nasty and it was just fabulous you that's know, great. So I guess those will be my three. Yeah, Woody's Woody's a great guy. I actually know all those all those mm -hmm. teachers. So. Yep. <laughs> uh, does being a graduate of the district make the Teacher of the Year award maybe a little more special for you? Oh, absolutely. I think it's the culmination of a great process that I've gone all the way through, starting from second grade all the way through twelfth grade. You know, showing. I mean, we inside the district know the wonderful things that go on every day, but I think I'm living proof that worked my way all the way through, and now I'm coming back, and I'm serving, you know, my friends' kids, and sometimes my friends' grandkids at this point, you know, and it's just really neat. It's really neat. I, I like going out, and, you know, people see me, and, hey, how are you? And, you know, kids in the grocery store, when I taught second grade, you know, we actually do eat, and they didn't think that we did. You know, <laughs> you'd hear your name three aisles over, that's Mrs. Richardson. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. But I like that. Like, some people, that worries them. I love it. I love being part of that small town, and they know me, and they know I'm a graduate, and I think it's something to be very proud of. Now, since 2010, you've been a reading coach here at Millsboro Middle School. Why, why teach reading at this phase of your career? I was at the point that I was ready to do something different, but administration's just not my calling, or at least not yet. I, I want to be with kids. I feel I'm the most effective with kids. So I thought about moving up to the middle school and doing ELA because that's one of my favorite subjects. And this job just kind of came about. Uh, Dr. Lewin Hudson said, you know, would you consider? And this job is my dream job, to teach small group reading all day long. Uh, what she really wanted was somebody who'd been sitting on the floor 90 minutes a day teaching young kids how to read to come up here and help the kids close the gap because they still needed those basic skills that were lacking from the elementary level and she wanted somebody who really could break everything down 
and it's just been fabulous. I love this job. It's extremely challenging. Mm-hmm. You know, the poor kids have to lose an exploratory to be with mm-hmm. me, but they work really hard and make a lot of gains, and it carries over to core, and it's just, mm-hmm. I love it. It's amazing. Since you've been with the district, you actually have a pretty diverse background. I mean, you've taught first and second grade. You've mm-hmm. taught special education, uh, not only at East Millsboro, but I know you were at Long Neck and Frankfurt for a little while. Mm-hmm. Um, how has that what, pretty much what, you, what I would call a kind of a wide range of experience, how has that helped you as a teacher in general? The best thing that happened to me as a teacher was actually starting in special education because I started in special education with struggling learners that you know, struggle to sit still, struggle to get along, and getting through that class that year was the best thing that ever happened to me. It was the hardest year of my life, but I had to really think on my feet, learn on my feet, learn to humble myself, and go and say, this is not working. I went to my assistant principal, sat in his office, and said, they can't even touch each other without wanting to fight. What do I do? You know, and we sat there and devised a point card, and we turned their behavior completely around, you know, I'd come out of college and, oh, try a token economy with tickets. That did not work. <laughs> so, you know, we devised a plan and understanding that if you're struggling at something, I guess it was it was a growth mindset 23 years ago before growth mindset became a term that it's, you know, only a failure if you stop. And just learning that, you know, we can fix this. I need help. I need to go ask for help. And from there on, everything else has been easier because of it because if i have if i'm in a regular classroom having a spec ed kid i know exactly what to do with them i don't have to figure it out i you know i approach all kids as if whatever you need i'm going to get it for you you don't have to have an iep you don't have to have a 504 yeah what aspect of the job do you enjoy the most the thing i enjoy the most is that every single day is different Um, some more challenging than others Uh, and I just love dealing with the kids you know some days they're they test your patience and other days they're hilarious and some days they break your heart with what they're going through but every day is different like I said coming out of the corporate world sitting in a cubicle that was not for me you know I like that you know every day is an adventure for me and I hope that I carry that over to them In your Teacher of the Year portfolio, you cite educational benchmarks as one of the most important issues facing education today. Now, you wrote, uh, learning is a process which one one must travel through. It is much more than the beginning and the end. And you also use a quote that you credit as being your mantra as an educator. Every child is gifted. They just unwrap their packages at different times. (laughs) What, What are educational benchmarks, first of all, and why do you feel they're so important? Educational benchmarks are those cut scores that students need to achieve by a certain time. It could be, you know, what's on grade level for your Lexile, which is your independent reading level. It could be DESA scores. And I think they're very important because they do give us a reflection of what a grade level student should be. My issue is using data as a label bothers me because educational benchmark should be a guideline I always tell my kids that's their ultimate goal but moving into this group that I'm with you know I have kids that are several grade levels below with their reading level at the start of the year and it's so disheartening for them sometimes you know I always push growth and always push the growth mindset because not everybody's good at everything 
but we all learn as adults skills to compensate for things that we're not the best at but we we make it we're productive adults and I want them to understand that you may never get to that number but you will be a good reader you will be able to pass your classes if you use the strategies so that's my issue with benchmarks they're necessary but sometimes they become all-encompassing and overwhelming to especially my my children who struggle your your portfolio also outlines the message that teachers are the single most important element in education and hold the key to a successful future for our country can you elaborate on that just a little bit um I really feel that the teacher is the most important thing in the world. Sometimes we get caught up in this new curriculum or this new buzzword or, you know, what we can do in Schoology. I mean, technology is fantastic, but without a good teacher, nothing in here is going to work. If you put all the greatest technology and money into a classroom with an ineffective teacher, it's not going to work. When I talk about teachers and being the core, I talked about them being highly motivated. You kind of want to do this. Uh, They need to be highly qualified. They need to have the background that they need. And also, my biggest thing is making connections with students. That personal relationship, that's how you get students to learn. You can have kids that are super bright, and they're not performing because they don't they don't make a connection with their teacher and they don't understand the importance and I think us as teachers if we can make those connections and show kids that we're here for them then they will succeed and my thing is that's got to be the framework the skeleton because there are days as teachers we all know that you plan a fabulous lesson and your administrator comes in and the smart board freezes up and to me what I do then shows the caliber of teacher I am. Not how pretty the bells and whistles are, but when things break or a kid melts down, you know, I'm the core of what's going on and how I handle it is going to mean success or failure for that child, that classroom. And and I really agree. I mean, I love my technology. I use it. I implement it. But I'm still a lot of old school, read, discuss. You know, they write. I give them feedback. And that's me. That's all me. That's not a software program. That's not, you know, a bell and whistle, so to speak. It's just old school learning. One of your other responsibilities has been working with ELL students to improve their reading and writing uh, skills. ELL stands for English Language Learners, and many of these students come to you with limited English-speaking proficiency in a lot of instances. Can you talk about this aspect of your job and the special challenges that it presents? The ELL group has... It's been a work in progress since we don't have an official ELL teacher in our building. And it has been trial by fire, very honestly. Uh, I love the challenge with the ELLs. Uh, What we're finding with our group, we had a mixed group. We had some that were very limited English proficiency. And then we have some that language is not so much the problem as the reading and writing. So we were doing like an A-B schedule to work on both. And then based on data and and meeting with the other teacher we decided to split the group so I took the group that needed the writing skills and the reading because obviously that's my forte and we have really been working on all the different types of writing because again they have an educational benchmark they have to hit which is their access test so I tried to find a balance between all the core class writing that they needed plus the skills that the access test was going to look for 
and make it as interesting as possible. You know, I will read them snippets of chapters of books and have them write a continuance, or I will um, read them something humorous and have them develop the character a little bit farther. So I'm trying to find a balance with them of honing their basic skills, but also help them keep up in core because the language is a barrier in a core class with a grade level textbook. Is that, is the ELL aspect, is that sometimes uh, when kids have a breakthrough, is that, is that a little bit more rewarding at times when you see a kid that's, that's struggling, an ELL kid that's struggling, that's kind of the switch flips and they start getting it. Is that particularly rewarding? For it's very rewarding. And the thing that I work with, with them is, is they work so hard, but they're so they're so worried about not knowing the language that we really kind of work in here about what happens in 405 stays in 405 and just write and if it's not great we'll edit it you know we're really working on them not freezing they tend to want to freeze up every time I give them a prompt and today they actually some of them were just writing and it was flowing and it's it's a good thing when it I know they can do it. They just they just worry because they want to please. They want to do really well, and I want them to relax enough to just just go with it. If it's not right, we'll fix it. You know, the growth mindset's alive and well in here, yeah. and it's coming. We're we're getting there every single day. <laughs> well, Lisa, I want to congratulate you again on this great honor for the, as the district teacher Thank of the year. Thank you so much. Um, and now I, I need to let our listeners know now that as the district's teacher of the year, you are now eligible for the state teacher of the year award, which will be announced in October. Do you have any thoughts on that? <laughs> Wow. Uh, <laughs> uh, my goal at this point, I, I'm just still kind of absorbing the fact that I'm district teacher of the year. Uh, my goal is to continue what we talked about, take this from second grade to now and take Indian River forward for the state level and just show, you know, I'm a product of this district and all the great things that we do. And I just want to make the district proud. Thanks again for joining me today and uh, good luck in the state competition. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. <laughs> Before we sign off, I'd like to recognize the Teacher of the Year winners from each of our schools. Dory Camper, Southern Delaware School of the Arts. Ashley Collins, North Georgetown Elementary School. Laurie Hall, Philip C. Shaw Elementary School. Linda Hockman, Georgetown Kindergarten Center. Noelle Lenhart, G.W. Carver Academy. Finalist, Nicole Morey, Georgetown Elementary School. Jill Oliva, Sussex Central High School. Thomas Pete, Howard T. Ennis School. Irene Retzos, John M. Clayton Elementary School. Justin Stokel, East Millsboro Elementary School. Danielle Squilante, Long Neck Elementary School. Jennifer Taylor, Georgetown Middle School. Meredith Wallace, Selbyville Middle School. Allison Walt, Indian River High School. And finalist, Jill Young, Lord Baltimore Elementary School. Congratulations to all of these gifted teachers. Photos from the District's Teacher of the Year celebration are available on the Indian River School District Facebook page. IRSD Spotlight is produced by the Indian River School District. Episodes can be accessed through iTunes or by visiting irsd.net and going to the podcast link under the Discover IRSD tab. It is also available through several mobile podcast apps. Thank you for listening, and we'll be back soon with more great news and information from the Indian River School District. Until then, remember, Indian River truly is a model of excellence.